And I'll tell you guys since we're, since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo. You're listening to The Grisha Cast. Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 102. In this episode, we will begin breaking down the stories from the book, The Lives of Saints. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry from Nashville, Tennessee. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by Lee Bardugo. A world without Valentine's Day. <laughs> Woo! Moi sabayani! Casters! Ha! 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 So... We got some listener city. Mm-hmm. You know we do. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> the first that we have for tonight is Griffin, Florida. Woohoo! Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And next, we're moving on to Montevideo, Uruguay. Yay! <gasps> I know. We're uh, not, we are so excited that you're our listeners, and we're also excited that that is probably the first time I have not messed up on a name <laughs> that I've had to practice. Because Woo-hoo! it's just this mouth. It's I just can't get the words out sometimes. Aww. Yeah, it's we'll, I- yeah. We'll sit here and I'll be practicing it and I'll get it. But then when it's here, pressure. Just, the pressure gets to you. Yeah, it's like I look <laughs> at it. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. So, anyways, sorry about last week. I know. Um, had a little little break. Um, we just weren't feeling well. Yeah. To be honest. It's right. Yeah. It's okay. We are okay. It happens. Yeah. We just weren't feeling our best. And, you know, I'm glad we made that decision because, you know, when we're not feeling our best, it's not a good time to do a podcast. No. No. That wouldn't have been fun for anybody. Mm-mm. We would have just been blech. And we want to, <laughs> you know, we don't want to be blech. We want to no. be like, yay. Woohoo. Hi. <laughs> and you also don't need to, you know, hear us sneezing and. Yes. The. Yeah. And see, that was my main point at first was <laughs> I um, I listened back to one of our when we first started. And it's really funny because I'm there's a podcast where I am just it's all snot. Yep. All I snot. remember. Yep. <laughs> it was a long time ago, but not a long time ago. And I remember it. It was like your second or third episode. Yes. Um, and I had like, so the next episode I apologized cause I like <laughs> didn't even realize how bad it sounded. It sounded like I, my snot was dripping into the microphone. And that is what spawned having the tissues at yeah. all times. Mm-hmm. You never know. You never know because we are professionals. Exactly. <laughs> and we're Boy Scouts. Be prepared. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Always be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that was funny when they, um, at the end of the Boy Scout meetings, I don't know, they probably do this everywhere, but I don't know. At the end of ours, they always like, we would all scream, be prepared. Oh, so, no, sorry. One guy would be like, be prepared. And then all of us would be like, we are prepared. No, that's, that was just a your thing. Oh, I was, <laughs> um, but you would have been proud of me because this was in high school. So, I mean, I was in Boy Scouts with all these little, like, I mean, in, like very, um, I don't know, preppish peeps. And I wore my uniform, but don't worry. I dragged that stuff out <laughs> with, you know, some spike collars and some nice black Aww. eyeliner. And, oh, yeah, it was hot. It was cute. 
Um, however, the boys didn't like it, but that was okay because you know what? <laughs> I got my eagle. Mm-hmm. See, I went to all the meetings. I went to all the camps. I did all of the things, but because I was a girl, I never got to actually like officially have my patches and eagle and all of that. I did it to say that I did it, mm. but back then, yeah, back they didn't allow like girls. So like I hung out with them and I did all of the things. I just wasn't allowed to like legally <laughs> have anything, which is very sad. Yes, but I get it, girl. I I almost didn't get my eagle because of some, you know, mean meanness and some people that just didn't want a openly gay boy to really get it. So they tried like turning things around and, you know, trying to make it really hard on me. And anyways, I um, just was like, hey, how about I just get this eagle badge and then you never see me again <laughs> because I don't want to see any of you again. Right. And I that worked out. Yeah. Um, however, that, that was some, some of the stuff I did because you can't, you have to, if you turn 18, you're too, you can't get it anymore. So you have to like, it's 17 is the age cutoff. So you can only get it when you're 17 years old. Um, like, did you know that? No. Mm. So, yep. That's the requirements for being an Eagle is like, you have to get it then so and i was born in december so it was like an early birthday for my like year of like people i graduated and went to school with in my class so like it was just um anyways i was i was working hard trying to get that last badge i remember i was just trying to find this last one it was basket weaving just to i had to get (laughs) one last one and that dang basket was oh my god it was i was struggling trying to do this basket and i i remember it i really actually do remember it like just and i made a basket and a stool and i believe my mom still has that stool which is (laughs) funny i know um but yeah but you know of course i got my theater badge in the beginning of course that was easy yeah and then i did photography my dad taught the photography one which was really cool And then you he got, taught you how to take pictures of <laughs> beautiful women. Well, beyond <laughs> that, he taught some really cool stuff about the dark room, which is yeah. something that I do appreciate. But yes, that's it, cool. It is, and that's actually on my bucket list. I was telling Chris is I would love to get my hands back in the dark room. Last one I was in it in was actually the um, National State Tech. Oh, wow. Okay. That was the last one I was in. And I loved it. And my dad still has some of the stuff. So it's very I, antiquated now. Not many people actually use a dark room now because everything's digital. Yep. But, I don't even know if you can find film anymore that you can actually afford. Yeah. I still have my canister that you would take the film and roll it up mm-hmm. in, like, the part before you the dark, dark room before you went into the dark room when, cause when you take the film out of the canister, you can't be in the like dark room with the red light. Mm-hmm. You actually have to be physically in a dark room. And that was actually one of my favorite parts <laughs> because you were in this itty bitty room. You'd put all your like little things out and then you'd have to remember where everything was and then turn the light out. And it was like, okay, 
trying to find things and not forget about where things are, but I loved it. So anyways, yeah. However, yeah, so photography was great. Um, took that badge. But what I was about to tell you is you're not going to be surprised by this. My mom, of course, had to, I don't want to say made me, but um, very, very opinionated. Persuasively. Yeah, which be to be honest, I'm surprised they even had this, but they had this like Jewish award that you could get. Huh. Uh-huh. Um, I cannot remember what it was called. The Olive something. I don't know. It was, or, no, Ner Tamid, I think is what it was called. And like nobody else could get it. I was the only Jew. Yeah, because it's a very like Christian based mm-hmm. activity. But, yeah. It wasn't a badge. It was an award. Okay. So, and um, my mom was hardcore about me getting that one. <laughs> but it was so easy, too. I mean, like, I, I don't know. As a proper Jewish mother should. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She was, I always tell her that, I mean, I might have gotten that Eagle Award, but, I mean, she deserves to have the wings <laughs> because <clears throat> she was the one that forced me because I. You were just, or she was the wind beneath your wings. Yes. Thank you, Beaches. Thank you, Bet. Um, I love that. Which is funny because I was just thinking about that movie a while oh, ago. Wow. And but I haven't seen it in forever, so I couldn't remember some of the stuff. That, and the reason I thought about it is because at work a song came on. Um, oh God, what song is it? Not the beach's regular song, but when she's when Bed is like famous and she's performing, she's getting ready for uh, the show. It's right before the, the her friend dies. She's practicing to a song and it's on a stage. And oh my gosh, it's um under the boardwalk. That's it, under the boardwalk. And I remember that. Do you? <laughs> no, no. I don't even know what to say right now. No. Did you not ever watch Beaches? I don't think I did. What? Not really my jam. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, but hey, I can't say anything. I can't remember the movie well. That I remember. Well, there you go. Yeah, I don't remember. It was. I cried a little bit about well. it. Yeah. So, um. Anyways, um, how have you been? Watched anything cool recently? There's some really great shows out right now. I've been there's enjoying. There's so many. Yeah. Like, I don't even like. I can't keep up currently because there's just so many. Um, the halftime show, <laughs> Super Bowl. Um, wow. For anybody like over the age of, let's say like 50, they probably thought, wow, that stinks. Anybody under the age of 30, they were probably like, wow, that stinks. <laughs> it was for a very distinct age right. of people, but it took me back. I heard. I don't know if my kids will ever look at me the same after <gasps> really? jamming. <laughs> I would have loved to see that. It just so I was in college when uh, Dre and Snoop and M were all really popular. And <laughs> I would drive this like rusted out Dodge Ram truck to the barn because I was uh, competing in horse riding at the time. And I'm like bumping <laughs> these yep. Compton artists. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. In my, um, in my, breeches oh. and my like what my english attire wear, yes cute um with my hand out the, of the beat up truck li- bumping these yeah so it like it really just took me there so we didn't watch it um 
I've never watched the Super Bowl for, I mean, I have like, no, I mean, I've been at places where there's been a Super Bowl party, <laughs> but I have not sat there and watched it. Um, and luckily my husband who is really, he's, he's, we'll just say he's way more manly than I am, um, <laughs> actually isn't interested in it either, which is fantastic. So like, we don't even know when it happens. Like, Do I you mean, know who won? I heard someone say it today. Okay. Um, was, is there a ranger somewhere? <laughs> yes, it was the rangers. Okay, good. No, See? it wasn't. It wasn't a rangers? <laughs> no, but it starts that. with an R. <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> well, okay, I tried. So, okay, so who were the teams? Uh, it was the Rams and oh. the Bengals. Rams and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. You know, LA huh. and Cincinnati. The bang uh, Rams and the Bengals sound kind of like um, a really good <laughs> like you know band or yeah or like there a was song. A Bengals, in the 80s. Bengals, get your Bengals. A RuPaul song, you know. Get your Bengals. There was a band called the Bengals, but mm, yeah, I heard Fifty Cent mm-hmm. was a surprise guest. Is yes, that right? Yes, we were surprised by him. Yes. So that takes me back because mm-hmm. I mean I remember like I mean that his. First single, that birthday song. That's what he sang. There is nobody on earth that lived. If you lived <laughs> at, on earth during that moment yeah. that that song came out, you loved it. That's what I'm saying. There was this very like distinct age range where like this. Oh, Mary J. Blige. Oh, my I mean, it gosh. like I it believe- just it just took everybody back. <laughs> was she the only female? Mm-hmm. Okay, but yeah. I heard Snoop was. I would love to see Snoop. Oh my gosh! I was the. I was wow. Like I hope this spawns a tour. Like I need that in that, my life. That would be amazing. It would be one big party, and it would just be like so amazing. But like, like they just they all aged so well. They're all they're all in their fifties, and it's I'm, just amazing. And like Snoop is just this like. He's smooth. Oh, man. He's amazing. I love him so much. And I bet you none of them had, like, any, like, plastic surgery or any. Eh, Who knows? They might have. Really? I feel like they just, like, I, well, I. It was was great. Well, good. I have to look that up. Um, Yeah, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I. Yeah, it was great. I, yeah. Well, have, so did you, do you watch Ozark? No. Okay. Well, you need to put that on your list because it is a really good show. Um, I promise. <laughs> um, however, there's an actress in Ozark um, who plays the part of Ruth, who is her character is just very um, country and back roads and just um, yeah. It's, it's a very distinct character. I love her, and it's amazing. However, this other show just came out called Finding Anna on Netflix. And it is like number one right now. And it's incredible. It's the same actress and she plays a completely different role. And it's really cool. Have you heard of it? No. No? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, um, anyways. Yeah. Chris is enjoying it. <laughs> so, you know, that that's the good stuff. Oh, good. I know. So... Yeah, I'm I'm so excited um that we're recording and we're doing Live the Saints. So I guess should we get into it? I mean if you insist. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> sip my tea because you get to go first this oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So our first one is Sancta Basilica. Let me get my booker. Get your book out. Hold it. Get my bookmarker and everything. <laughs> so, Vasilka was this really popular, talented weaver who lived in a high tower. A sorcerer heard of her and thought, hey, you know, she's got to use magic to make these, like, really awesome cloths. So, like, he came to visit her and uh, talked to her dad, which is kind of weird. Um, and said, hey, man, I'm, like, so lonely. <laughs> Can I hang out with your daughter? Um, I don't know if those were exact words, but. Yeah. It was, that's it. Yeah. So, like, and her dad's like, yeah, sweet. Sure. Finally, someone wants to marry my daughter. That whole exchange is very weird and makes me uncomfortable. It is. Um. So he, like, goes up the tower and he sit the guy the sorcerer guy sits while she weaves. Hmm. He like makes small talk and occasionally would ask a question about her work, like, "Why is your thread so bright? How did you get such a great pattern? Why do your colors never fade?" But every time he asked a question, she responds with another question and never like actually answers. Hmm. And so. He gets really frustrated. He's not getting a response, and he's just like, screw it. I demand that you marry me, and you move in with me immediately. And he's like, I will teach you how to use your gifts that you're obviously using. He also says, quote, refuse me, and I will shove you from this tower. You can ask your foolish questions as you fall to your death. What? It's a very... (laughs) That's a very, what just happened? It's a good way to, you know, coax someone into marrying you. Um, <laughs> I mean, that just <laughs> took a turn. And the fact <laughs> that he thought that she'd be able to, like, if you're falling to your death, you're really going to, like, just, like, I mean. Well, ask, like, he's well, just. I know. But it's, it's basically saying you can shove it. Right. Um. So, but what he doesn't know is that this entire time while he's chatting it up and asking his stupid questions, She's actually weaving a set of wings. Mm-hmm. She put them on and soared away in a beautiful golden light. She is said to have become the first firebird mm-hmm. and is the patron saint of people like me, <laughs> unwed women. <laughs> Go girl. Yes. <laughs> unwed women is where it's at. <laughs> Hashtag no rings on me. <laughs> Or hashtag find, nope. find me a wife. Um, so, <laughs> so okay. So sh- the first firebird is kind of cool. It is. It is really neat. But so, should we go? I feel like what was our first one? Illustration. The illustration. So okay. Let's, let's look. Let's at our- look at this beautiful illustration. Okay. It looks. It's a very Rapunzel. Yes, I agree. vibe because we've got this high tower. Exactly. And I thought that from the very beginning. And I love that. So one, you see the sorcerer up in the tower. Like, um, hey, come back. Yeah, he's got his hands out like he'd be able to grab her. But I love the father just I know. On the, in the left-hand he's corner. He's just tending his lawn. Yep. And he's got so, he's got a really red nose. Like, it really is red. Like, I mean, and he's just... He's just hanging out with his hoe. Yeah. And he's watching his daughter just fly off on some wings. 
and it's a it's a beautiful picture. It is. It's they, gorgeous. The illustration uses the like firebird colors in mm-hmm. the wings with the reds and the oranges. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I love it. Yeah. Okay. So that's a beautiful picture. Um, thanks, Dan. <laughs> well, thank you, Dan. It's a beautiful picture. I don't know why that tickled me so much. <laughs> it was like the way you said, Did "Thanks, it... Dan." Oh well, I'm so... oh, well, Dan. Yeah. I meant it with like all the, the love and respect. I love it. I was just like, "Thanks, Dan." It's oh, beautiful. Man, that was fantastic. All right. So the moral of the story: mm. don't <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Don't, don't marry weirdos. Fly away. Um. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Um. Don't ask people to marry you and don't tell them you're going to push them off the thing. I don't know. Don't be greedy. Um, and. Don't think you're better than somebody else. Yeah. Because he's like, I'll teach you how to use your powers and she's like okay watch this i don't know and don't just i don't think there's a super obvious moral of the story and don't just think that if you're a father and your daughter is upstairs doing something that she's lonely and needs to be wed she seems happy mm-hmm. i mean you don't need a man you don't uh, apparently <laughs> you just need a set of wings and a good, and just some good thread, you know, a sewing machine, and girl, you ready. You can do drag race and fly. <laughs> fly to all your gigs. The, oh, uh, you know, yeah. so. You can be happy on your own. Exactly. We'll say that's the moral of the story. Okay. So, so yeah, the material Akai is like. Obviously. Super obvious. And like it seems like a lot of these stories or seem, in that same order. So far, um, however, I will tell you, since I I have read this book, but I right. haven't thought of them, I've never had to right. think about this. So, like, it, But what it, we've read, we've had a we, lot of... It, you're right. Yeah. It is interesting. So I'm actually intrigued to see how it goes, like, the rest of them, and see if we end up getting everybody, or if the majority yeah. of them... Yeah. Well, so, Easter eggs... Okay, so I've got one that this is my friend Michelle and I talked about this, and we talked about this actually the day after this book got released um, because this story stood out to us. And hear me out. We think that the sorcerer is the Darkling because of some of the things that so listen to this, like it's describing, like this is a quote. A man who claimed to be a sorcerer heard of her gifts and suspected she wielded some kind of true magic he might steal. He traveled to Vasilka's tower and at its base he met her father tending to the garden. The sorcerer spoke not of Vasilka's talent or what fine tapestry he hoped to commission from her, but of his loneliness and his wish to just sit and talk a while with this mysterious girl. So lying, I mean, having other ideas. He wants a true magic. Interesting. And then he 
the things that he's like asking, um, especially when he's like about to like try to kill her, he says, I will teach you all the ways that you can use your gift and we will reign over every lesser creature. Hmm. So just a thought. Hmm. I don't know. It got me thinking. Someone get Lee on the line right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and because, and also like in it, like there's somewhere where like, I guess he's, he's talking to her at one point about animals that can talk. And that made me think about, um, just the beginning stories of Ravka forming and how like, you know, the, hmm. the guards, but also if this is the darkling, he's trying to find the amplifiers. Maybe he was going after the first firebird. Possibly. It could be, I, I don't know. It's got enough information that I think it's kind of neat and cool. Um, so I think that possibly that could be the darkling. Um, Cause we know he's, very old and he's had many different disguises and he wants magic and it just sounds like him especially the way like i mean how mean he is and just like i'll just yeah you better marry me but all about like you know just wanting the magic and how to but the true magic is what got me because i think that is kind of like a notion towards okay i want to know how to do that but you know kind of like it's interesting i'll allow it okay well well thank you (laughs) council may sit okay uh so i thought that was kind of cool yeah um yeah there is so there is one reference that i do think is kind of cool about this and i didn't remember it but it's from um rule of wolves and it involves hana which is really neat i'll read it real quickly because i know you're gonna like this Okay, so this is from Rule of Wolves, Chapter 4. Are you saying these items were found in Hana's quarters? We found men's riding clothes stashed beneath the slate tiles in the chapel, also prayer beads and an icon of Sankt Vasilka. Sankt Vasilka, patron saint of unwed women. She was a Ravkin saint, said to have become the first firebird, that cannot be, said Broom, stepping in front of Hana as if to protect her. Hana has had her wilder moments, but she would never give herself over to the worship of abomination. Never whispered Hana fervently, and no one could doubt the look of sincerity on her face, end quote. So, wow. I know. There you go. I thought that was interesting just because, I mean, it makes sense with Hana. I think it's neat that that yeah. was like, and I didn't catch that at all when we reread it. So... And think about Hana and her transition of who she is mm-hmm. and unwed wom- women and interesting. I think it's cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, then story time for me. Let's move on to Saint Nikolai. So this is a big one. <laughs> this is a long story. Um, this one, if you were lucky enough to see, um, Lee read this to us when the fir- when it came out, I believe, on Instagram Live. And it was really cool. So I'm the synopsis is like, um, so there's this young boy whose name is Nikolai and he's a sailor and is on the fastest ship of that time. During bad weather, the captain didn't heed the weather warning and the ship got stuck in ice. So the crew decides, well, Nikolai, you go find us some food on that land um, because they can't get anywhere. 
While wandering, he prayed to the saints for help. And then he stumbles upon a stone, but it's shaped like a serpent, and meets a reindeer there. <laughs> I know. He climbed onto the reindeer's back, and it took... As it- one would do. Yeah, of course. Right? I mean, just imagine. I mean, if you saw a, st- a snake stone, a stone, whatever, <laughs> a stone that looked like a snake and a reindeer on it, I mean, <laughs> of course you got to sit. You got to take the ride. So he jumps on, goes on the reindeer's back, and the reindeer takes him into a white forest with trees that are covered in silver leaves. And he comes upon a clearing, which has, I love this, a preset dining table. Like, come on. Like, I mean, that's some good stuff. They, like, really went all out. That's I mean, some Alice in Wonderland stuff. I know. I mean, it's just preset. I'm just, like, just perfect i mean the forks and like the knives i'm sure are in the perfect places you know you got your shrimp fork um anyways so he finds that um and along with that there's a fire shelter warm blankets and winter clothes that fit him perfectly so nikolai eats and he falls asleep and in the morning he takes his bag and fills it with the remaining food um which is a lot and he then rides a reindeer back to the serpent rock and he gets back on the ship with the food um, and is going to give it to the crew. And when he opens up the bag, the food it ain't food. It's stone and ash. So as I'm sure lovely sailors would do when they get angry, they beat Nikolai and then decided to send him back out to do it again. So Nikolai went to the Serpent Stone, rode the reindeer into the White Forest, (laughs) ate food, and slept comfortably till the next morning again, brought the remaining food back to the crew. The bag again was filled with stone and ash, and again they beat Nikolai and sent him back out. Again and again they kept sending him back as Nikolai became healthy because he keeps on getting Mm -hmm. fed. Um, And these poor sailors are just getting deranged and, like, starving um, because they ain't eating anything. And using all of their energy to beat Beat up. Yeah, exactly. So I guess since Nikolai is putting on some weight, these um, sailors start to think a little bit about cannibalism and think that, like, maybe they should eat him because he's... Again, as one would do. Yep. So, um... They decide to follow Nikolai when he goes back out. However, when they do, a blizzard hits and it's like right when they get to the serpent stone and they are forced to turn around. They decide then that for sure um, we need to eat Nikolai. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nikolai heard these plans and at dawn ran and told the reindeer of the crew's plans which by the way i didn't know he's i don't think he spoke to the reindeer up until this point but i think he just decides to tell him um (laughs) he's like hey my crew is about to eat me so um the reindeer's like okay well he doesn't say that but he takes him into the forest where's the great dining room set and all the food However, this time, Nikolai eats just a little bit, but the rest of the night prays to the saints um, for his safety. And um, anyways, when he returns, 
somehow the sun is blazing and the ice is melted and the ship is no longer stranded and they can sail home. But, of course, this trip home is still going to be a little long, so they still plan on eating Nikolai. However, every time they take out a dagger or something to try to kill Nikolai with, the wind stops blowing the sails and they are left like in a standstill in the middle of the ocean. However, if they put the daggers back, the wind starts back up and they get moving again. So they're like, okay, you know what? How about we do this? We'll kill Nikolai when we get <laughs> landed. Um, so they they get there, they get to town, and the town celebrated their arrival because they assumed they were dead. The crew explains that it was their captain's brilliance and their own hard work that kept them alive, but told them not to trust a single word that Nikolai would say. So instead of Nikolai rebuttaling the story, he ran to the church and prayed to the saints for safely delivering him home. So now this is the epilogue. This is what happened. The crew was cursed to taste stone and ash every time they ate and died of starvation. Nikolai, however, was blessed with his bag always being filled with sweets and food. He dedicated the rest of his life wandering the land, delivering substance, sustenance to those in need, especially in winter in a winter storm and it was a red bag so anyways he is the patron saint of sailors and lost causes (laughs) um before let's real quickly let's do take a look at our illustration so for those of you listening um you might want to like look on youtube or grab your book or like i mean yeah go um listen to this again when you have the book in front of you. So this is very like Santa Claus of the seas. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> and the the whole Nicholas Nikolai thing kind of fits in too, but it is the, very like I know. Let's do the illustration first. Santa up. of the sea. I know, that's what I'm looking at. Oh, you say like it's Santa from the sea looking at this. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. See, he's on a reindeer. He's got a red coat on with the white fur. Mm-hmm. That part is very like Saint Nick. Yes. (laughs) See? Get it? I do. And then, of course, there's the sea. So it's like Santa Claus of the seas. Santa, Yeah, Santa Claus of the seas. (laughs) It's a good picture. Um, I think it's a a very big reindeer. He takes up probably, he's got the most spot. Yeah, because he's close up. He he got the, the frame. He's the one that lucked out. In this shot. Um, anyways, it is a nice picture. Um, and Nikolai is obviously just this young little boy with that blonde hair. So, okay. What do we think the moral of the story is? Um, so one, I think, pray to your saints. Um, cannibalism isn't worth it. <laughs> cannibalism is bad, okay? So, and when I thought about that, I for some reason, decided to actually look this up. Um, I decided to see if there are recipes, cannibalism recipes. I found one. It's called Shoemaker Kebab, and it's the first of the Donner Party to be eaten. Already de- deceased, what? Sam Shoemaker was apparently... Uh, what is happening? Yeah, just listen. 
was apparently spitted and cooked over a fire at the Alder Creek encampment in 1846, and we'll bet he made a memorable shish kebab. The description of how to do this, cut the most convenient and tender parts of the corpse, buttocks, eyeballs, um, internal organs, Um. into two-inch... and place on the coals interspersed with sweet Vidalia onions if you have them and cook over an open fire to desired doneness. So, I just wanted to let you know that's on the internet. And now you're on some federal watch list Well, because you googled how to eat people. Actually, I just googled cannibalism recipes. (laughs) Yes. Which a lot of really weird stuff came up. But this was part of like an article that that was from like, (sighs) anyways. Wow. I know. (laughs) Okay. So going on, um, moral of the story, don't become a sailor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't even know what to say after all of that. Oh, really? Um. Do your own work. Yeah. Don't beat children. Duh. Uh, yeah. Um, and pray to your saints because obviously he was and he got everything he wanted. Yeah. Um, say your prayers. Say your prayers. Don't lie. Um, yeah. I think that's where we are. And so now we get to Grisha order. However, they're really, okay, like Nikolai isn't, an order, so I, I put Santa Claus. I was like, you know, maybe Nikolai's Grisha order is the Santa Claus, or I was like possibly kind of thinking maybe that this reindeer, maybe could be an amplifier. Some like maybe, maybe. I mean, or maybe a saint in a way. Like I don't know, because the reindeer actually does more of the help. Yeah, I mean. He's under- Nikolai doesn't really have a power. No, he's um he's the one that just things are happening to. Yeah. Um, but um, moving on into Easter eggs, I mean, obviously we have a lot of resemblance of our Nikolai and this Nikolai, as in they love the sea. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. Um, both have blonde hair. Um, yeah, I see a lot of just different. Like, I mean. Yeah. But we do have the Feast of St. Nikolai mentioned a lot throughout the Grishaverse. And I'm not going to read all of them. But I am going to read my favorite one, which is actually just kind of cool because it's actually back from Ruin and Rising. And it's in the after chapter. And it's going to, I think it might bring a tear to your eye. Here's the quote. Every winter during the Feast of St. Nikolai... A troika would make its way up the snowy road and three Grisha would emerge dressed in furs and thick wool kefta, red, purple, and blue. Their sledge weighted down with presents, figs and apricots soaked in honey, piles of walnut candies, mink-lined gloves, and boots of butter-soft leather. They stayed up late long after the children had gone to bed, talking and laughing, telling stories, eating pickled plums and roasting lamb sausages over the fire. End quote. I just love that I that little memory just all the way back from Ruin and Rising because I remember I I love that part when all of a sudden we knew that you know Zoya and them were still visiting Elena. Yeah. 
that was awesome. Okay. So, that's Saint Nikolai. Alrighty. Moving Ooh. on to Sancta Elisabetta of the Roses. Oh, this is a special one. <laughs> okay. There was a seaside village of Gorobun, uh, where at dawn every day, four scouts would go to the hill, sit back to back in all directions, you know, northeast, southwest, uh, so that they could see any trouble coming their way. At dusk, four more would come to relieve them. And it was a very boring village. Like, nothing ever happened. There was mm-hmm. never any trouble. And it was difficult for the village to lose laborers because the, all the harvesting they were doing, it was hard to have, like, four people, or basically eight, you know, because they're switching off. So during one of the harvests, they were like, look, nothing ever happens, and we need help. So they let three of them work in the fields. Um, and because... Still nothing bad happened. They kept doing that until there was only like one single looker outer. And <laughs> what was that? What are they? A looker outer. Looker outer. So this one little like looker outer gets like really <laughs> lax in their duties too. Cause mm. you know, boring. Don't get lax in your duty. Elizabetta <laughs> uh, lived kinda on the outskirts of the village and she always went out to tend to her bees that loved her. Uh, One day uh, she thought there was some kind of foul smell coming from the sea. And her dad's like, nah, it's probably just the village to the west burning their trash. (laughs) All right. So she goes and asks an upstanding citizen and Mm. he says, yeah, your dad's right. Or maybe a roof caught on fire. What? In the world, that is the most random freaking answer ever. Oh, you're just smelling a roof on fire. Get your trash. Or someone's losing their home. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So she would not shut up about it, and she's irritating everyone. So they took her to some deep thinking guy, and he's like, <laughs> if there were any trouble, the looker outer would say something. I would like to real quickly point out that all these other characters are men. Yes. <laughs> okay. And so. so the deep thinking guy is like, leave us alone to think on the mysteries of the world. Oh, yeah. Why is everyone so weird in this story? Like, literally everyone is really bizarre. Oh, and it gets even weirder. So but. since no one would listen to her and she wouldn't let it go... <laughs> She climbs up the hill and finds the looker outer asleep. When she looked to the west, there's a ton of smoke from churches and bodies burning. Again, this Not a roof. story is... So she ran down the hill screaming that an army was coming. Everyone needs to take arms. And the weird wise men were like, eh, we'll think about it. <laughs> But when she left, they just kind of shrugged and went back to think about the mysteries of the world. (laughs) Wow. So when she wakes up the next morning, she thought her town army was going to be marching out. But instead, she's hearing marching coming from the woods. And instead of fleeing, she knelt in the roses praying for mercy. The enemy army did not show mercy at all. There was no mercy. They were very bloodthirsty. Maybe they're those clockwork things. Maybe. (laughs) 
So her bees got like all vibrating and like formed clouds of bee smoke swarming the armies and the enemy ran away. No one had any, (laughs) no one had any idea like why the army ran away. So when another enemy came in demanding to know what happened, everyone pointed to Elisabetta. Yeah. She did it. And she kept saying that only the bees know. And no one liked that answer. That made them very angry. (laughs) So they tied her up. Yeah. They tied up her arms and legs and like pulled her apart. And her blood spilled all over the white roses, making them red. You you had to don't forget that they tore her they those limbs were on attached to horses where they like Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it was this one crazy guy that just was like so fed up over the fact of trying to track down this story, but all he wanted to know was how did you win? Yes. Yes. And he, the but and she just kept saying, only the bees know. Who cares? So it is said that the blooms never perish and they smell sweet year round, but the bees are long gone. The end says the roses remember, even if wise men choose to forget, which is kind of poetic. Yeah, it is. And she is the patron saint of gardeners. Yeah, that death was very uncalled for um yes. i just I, it's very brutal and yeah i mean and too much and the man does it just because he's he's tired cuz he's gone around to everybody asking and they've sent him he's gone on that journey trying to find the story the answer and elizabetta just said, like so anyways yeah okay well, let's look at our illustration of Elisabetta. So, producer, I, there's like it's very, very colorful, very pretty. But I also like how in this one you can it almost looks like the page was folded, like you can see like lines. Yeah, producer, so like kind of cool. Um, um, any, well, okay. Uh, the other one first. What? Uh, it's ruined the moment now. <laughs> Anyways, I was. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. So for those of you listening, I tried to be really cute and funny. Like Terry is so sly with her stuff with me. <laughs> so she dressed up obviously as um, Lizabetta for our. Grishaversary, and she looked gorgeous. So my plan was when we had the picture pull up on the screen for Chris to put this up first. <laughs> but that didn't happen, but it's okay. Well, yes, there's a picture of me dressed up as Elizabeth. And you look gorgeous. Thanks. I love it. Thanks. Okay, so, um, okay, well, now we can go back to, yeah. <laughs> so here's the, this is a very detailed picture. Yes. Um, and it's kind of like um, kind of like the old art form with the halo in yes. the back. That used to be how they would differentiate the saints in the old, um, in the old pa- paintings. And then you can see like the roses that have like red yeah. covering the white. 
And then there's a whole swarm of bees. And carpenters, woodworkers. Yes. <laughs> um, they're, Maybe they're carpenter bees. They probably are. And there's a hill in the background. Yep, where the looker outers go. There is that's looker outer hill. Looker outer hill. And um, but look at like I didn't notice this. If you look at the le- the left and right top corner, the roses, those are so detailed. Like look at how detailed that. Like I think it's beautiful. I just. This is a beautiful picture. It is. When you really, like, there's a lot more to it than just glancing at mm-hmm. it. So, anyways, gorgeous. Good story. Um, this was one of the first stories that, like, I mean, yeah. she um, released before the book came out. Um, and we've read a lot about this character, too. So, interesting. Okay, so what do you think the moral of the story is? I think this is the opposite of the boy who cried wolf. I was going to, yeah. Because the boy who cried wolf was lying, but like she's telling the truth and nobody's listening. So, exactly. So, yeah, listen, listen. Men are, you know what? Just (laughs) stop dealing with men. Just, if you have problems, go to women. (laughs) Because the men apparently. They were really weird characters in this one. But yeah, I think it's the opposite of of the. uh, None of them cared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to listen. However, I do have like a little thing with like Elizabeth at the end, because I mean, so I think telling a lie is, can be tolerated when you're about to be torn into pieces. Like when they like, when the guy like ties her hands and then her legs to four different horses and asks the same question again, like, tell me what happened here. Don't give him the same answer. I mean, you know what's about to happen. That's not that's not good stretching. I mean, that that goes beyond stretching. Come up with a white lie. That's okay. Well, if yeah, you, but then if he wanted her to do it again and she couldn't, then she'd be pulled apart again anyway. So, we'll come up with something like, I mean, at least say more than what she did. All all she said, right, was um the bees know. Only the bees know. Yeah, she could have said, "Well, um I don't know what happened, but the bees start doing something. They turned into a smoke, and it was really weird. I mean, at least give a little bit more detail. Don't just, like, anyways, I feel like she could have, you know. That's what I would do if I was about to be torn apart. All right. Yeah. Okay. So what Grisha order is she? Um, I, I, I think she's a material guy, obviously. Um, do not. What's your argument for that one? Well, I think she's a material alki because of the way that she works. Like, I think, because she worked with, like, I mean, the bees and then the roses and all the growing. Like, hold on. I'll look it up. But, but Zoya also is really good at gardening. So. Yeah. I think she. That, I just, um... Like, she's tending to the hold little on. secret garden thing. Yeah. Because she's not really, like, making anything. She's just tending to a garden, and the bees like her. So... Well, hold on. Okay. So... I was thinking more ethereal, Kai, but... Really? 
Well, hold on. Let me look up something. But um, I don't know. It's not like she really did anything. Right. Um, I'm going to look and see what this says. Um, see if it has a reason. Um, I'm looking and I just don't. Yeah, I mean, I guess there isn't um, a good reason for it. I'll think about it. I had a reason earlier. I know I did. <laughs> I just didn't type it up. Sorry. Okay. Okay, moving so, on. Yes. Easter eggs. Any? I mean, they they talk about... Her a lot. Yeah. In the stories. Yeah. And... Uh, one thing is she cool... She comes up quite a bit. She does. She's a, she's a character she's actually a, in the stories. Yeah, she's a staple. However, an East, what's neat is in the show, episode two, that's when you get to see Inej wearing a necklace with Elisaveta on it. Right. That was the episode. And that yeah. I thought was amazing. It was just her face, but mm-hmm. it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and another part, um, a reference that like, this is, this is all the way back from Shadow and Bone, chapter 10. And we should have actually brought this up when we first started. But here's the quote. I hadn't thought about it, I said. I opened the book. Someone had written my name inside the cover. I flipped a few pages. Sankt Peter of Brevno. Sankt Ilya in Chains. Sankt Lizaveta. Each chapter began with a full-page illustration, beautifully rendered in brightly colored inks. End quote. So, like, I think that's just neat because that was, like, a description of this book completely. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay. Maku. So, now we're going to move on to Sancta Maradi. Okay. So, Maradi was an old woman who lived on the shore of a bay in Novia Zem. And there happened to be, as always, um, two rival fish gangs. <laughs> Fishing families. Um, and, of course, two, lover, they're two lovers from the different families, um, you know, fall in love and have a secret love and share their love. Um, but they can't do it in public because, I mean, their families hate one another. Um, Novia Zim side story. Yes. I, <laughs> I, girl, I was almost there. Um, their names were Dooley and Baya. They decided to escape together and make a life together somewhere far away. So, um, and when they met in secret, they were actually always, they, the only place they could meet was on Maradi's like dock. So anyways, the plan is that they're going to both get in boats and then meet each other in the middle of their ocean or something and go off together. So, however, when Baya tried to escape, her father caught her and <laughs> destroyed all of his ships so she couldn't go meet Dooley, which, okay, they're a fishing family, and that's your main right, yeah. source of income. You're going to destroy your fleet? Okay, he did. Anyways, um, well, Baya was determined and jumped into the ocean and swam while Dooley sailed in his boat trying to find Baya. Well, um, our lovely Marty was sitting on her dock of the bay and listening to these lovers calling out to one another. But the moon wasn't bright enough and you couldn't, they couldn't see. They could hear each other, but they couldn't see one another. So she split the clouds open and... Let the moon shine down onto the sea so the two lovers could find one another in the dark. And they did. 
and they got into the boat and sailed far away to another shore and they took the that's where they decided to take change their own last name to Maradi. Um, and that's where the Zemini tradition of choosing your last name came from. Every year, their family took white stones and made a path down to the water where they gave thanks to Sancta Maradi, patron saint of impossible love. And yes, it is the Grishaverse West Side Story <laughs> or Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. So moral of the story. With a much happier ending. Yeah. Moral of the story, um, add some singing, and we have the Grishaverse's very own West Side Story. Yes. Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, traditional families suck. Mm-hmm. Parents ruin everything. Important to know how to swim. Bring a <laughs> flashlight. When meeting your secret lover, don't decide to meet in the middle of the ocean. Meet on land and together get into a boat and float out to sea. Those are mine. And um, anyways, Grisha order, I think... This is the first. It's easy, though. I think she's an ethereal guy, mm-hmm. a squalor and a tide maker. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there we go. Yeah, we did, we it. did it. Woo. Okay. So it's now that very special time for. Greasy cast news. <laughs> We don't have any, but it none. is okay. So, Alex, we'll see you next time. Stay warm. Yeah. So, we've got some shout outs. We do. Yes. And this is always so much fun. It is. First, we want to say thank you and hello to Frahami Sara from Hungary. Thank you. We were so happy to get your message. And yes, we are your Grisha cast friends. Mm-hmm. So, please feel free to. Uh, you know, slide into the DMs if you've got any like questions or just burning things you have to talk to us about. Yep. So thank you for your message. We really appreciated it. We do it, and we get you. We understand. Yes. It is. It's hard to find people out there, and I am surprised too that you can't find more people where you're at that mm-hmm. are into into Shadow and Bone. But yeah. that's okay. We got you. We're glad you listen, yes. and we're so thankful. Um, our next is from the Apple Podcasts. This is from Terry Baguette and says, thank you for all you do to bring us this podcast. I am a recent newcomer to your podcast and to the Grishaverse. You really make this so enjoyable. Thanks again, Terry Baguette. And she's from Canada. Thank you so much. We just love it. We really do. It means so much because... It helps us know that, you know, you're enjoying what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And um, if you have any ideas, seriously, send them our way. I mean, we're we're figuring this out as we go along. But, um, yeah, so exciting stuff. Okay, we are announcing this now. So this upcoming Friday, we will release a special episode. And it will be a conversation with... Upcoming, uh, well, not uh, her debut novel, Liz Huerta. Yay! The and it's the Lost Dreamer, um, the her first book, mm-hmm. and we were lucky enough to actually read it, and we are going to discuss with her about the book. The book comes out in March. We are so excited to have her on, um, because especially we want to, you know, bring more 
queer authors out into the spotlight. And she is, and she was happy enough to be able to come on and speak with us. And the way this all happened was she is a fan of the Grishaverse. She, but when we were working with Aiden Thomas, Aiden Thomas's people were the ones that hooked us up with her. So it's just kind of neat how that happened. But Lost Dreamer, great book. We're going to talk a little bit about it, but we're not going to spill it for you. But definitely recommend you pick that up when it is out. And yeah, the following week, when we get back to Lives of Saints, we will be discussing the next four saints, Sanct Demian, Sancta Maria, Sanct Emerens and Sankt Vladimir, pages 41 through 55 if you needed the pages. Yep. Well, we love you all. Thank you so much. Long live the Grishaverse. Like, we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. It was. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at GrishaCast. Woo! And thank you to Kendra Dantes in Year 26 for the amazing background music. Our staff, Chris, Alex, Sid, Michelle, Amber, and Chloe.